when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu, and I'm speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost the rematch to the Oklahoma City Thunder by a score of 116-109 to 109 on Friday night at the Scotiabank Arena. To be honest, this game was very similar to the game that was played on Wednesday, one in which the Raptors won in overtime. Um, stylistically, tactically, everything was pretty much the same, which is kind of how you would expect a regular season matchup to go. It's not like the Raptors were changing too much defensively in the span of two days, and the uh, same applies for the Thunder. But the main difference was that the Thunder on Wednesday shot 13 of 43 from deep, um, and today they shot 20 of 43 from deep. And that 21-point swing in three-point shooting, it's just hard to overcome, really. Uh, I think, realistically, the Thunder got mostly the same quality of looks. Um, you know, they were able to consistently penetrate. Um, Russell Westbrook and Dennis Schroeder are obviously two really good slashing guards, and they are able to kick it out. The main difference is you got guys, you know, on the Thunder who are inconsistent shooters to who shot really well today, right? You got... Um, Jeremy Grant, for example, a very inconsistent shooter, but today he shoots 5 of 8 from deep. Uh, and you got Dennis Schroeder, another inconsistent shooter, shooting 4 of 7. And um, as much as the Raptors, you know, could have done a better job in terms of their uh, defense, in terms of containing penetration, and I'll explain that in a second, but, you know, it, they kind of got the same looks um, the Thunder did as they as they got on Wednesday. It's just Thunder had better shot making today, and to be honest, a lot of games in the modern NBA, especially with how important three-point shooting is, like when you have 43 of your, you know, uh, 94 field goal attempts coming from the three-point arc, it just creates a lot of variance. And um, honestly, a lot of games, a lot of results in the modern NBA are just simply attributable to who makes more shots. And uh, today the Thunder made their shots, and on Wednesday they didn't, and that was kind of the main difference of the game. In terms of how the Thunder attacked the Raptors, I mean, mostly – the Raptors just had a really, really hard time containing penetration. Like, they just, you know, they have a really hard time with quick guards. Uh, we see this every time the Raptors play Ish Smith, for example. He just tears the Raptors apart uh, by keeping his dribble alive. He would break down the point of attack, get into the paint, create some havoc, kick out, or, you know, score a layup or whatever. Kind of the same deal here, uh, except to a much larger degree, obviously, because Russell Westbrook is obviously a much better player. Um, than Ish Smith, and even Dennis Schroeder is a better player than Ish Smith, and both of those guys were consistently able to get inside the Raptors' defense. The Raptors, uh, once again, went with Pascal Siakam covering, uh, covering Russell Westbrook. I didn't really like the strategy in the first matchup. Uh, you know, Westbrook had 43 points on Wednesday. He was reasonably held in check this time, shot 6 of 20 for 18 points this time. But I felt like Russell Westbrook had just as big of an impact in this game as compared to on Wednesday. Um, you know, Westbrook, I thought he made some questionable decisions in terms of his, uh, you know, shooting, which is kind of part and parcel to Westbrook. Like, that's just what he does. He just, you know, occasionally takes really bad shots. Um, but for the most part, Westbrook was really engaged defensively. And I thought more than anyone else, Westbrook was the driving catalyst for the Thunder in terms of just how much urgency they played this game with. 
Uh, Westbrook was just relentless, just got into the paint repeatedly. He had 13 assists. A lot of those were to three-point shots. And even if he didn't get, you know, assists directly, he would uh, break down the defense and trigger swing sequences, which eventually led to open threes for the Thunder. The Raptors, to be honest, didn't do a great job of contesting the three-point line as well. But also, it's understandable because you kind of want guys like Grant or even Ferguson, who's an okay shooter, or even Schroeder, definitely him. You want these guys shooting threes more than you want them going to the paint. But, uh, you know, that's kind of the price you pay. Actually, today, the Raptors um, allowed the Thunder to shoot a higher percentage on the three-point line than from inside the paint. And, you know, you could look at it one of two ways, right? You could look at it, well, all right, the Raptors did a good job of containing the Thunder at the basket. You know, um, they didn't shoot well there. The Thunder only got 14 free throw attempts, although a couple of those were kind of dicey calls towards the end of the game that kind of, uh, help the Thunder get over the finish line. But nevertheless, you know, the Raptors did a good job continuing things inside the paint. It's just, again, the Thunder actually made some three-point shots this time, and, you know, it is a big difference. But going back to the main point, it really is just the Raptors have a lot of issues covering these quick point guards, right? Like, the fact that you're even putting Pascal Siakam on the opposing team's point guard, that kind of just screams at, like, look, this is an issue. This is an issue for us. Like, you know... um, Ordinarily, you would have Kyle Lowry in the lineup. He was out with an ankle injury. But even still, even with Kyle in the lineup, you know, at his age, Kyle's not as good at containing dribble penetration as he once was, you know, back when he was in his 20s or anything like that. Uh, Van Vliet, he's reasonably quick, but he's also a little bit undersized. Uh, and, and it's just, you know, it's a bit of a concern. These guys usually give the Raptors trouble. Now, you know, the Raptors probably won't face this problem too much in the playoffs because if you look at the playoff pitch landscape in the Easter Conference, it's not like there are that many players on playoff teams that could actually hurt the Raptors in terms of just, you know, repeatedly getting into the middle of the paint like the way Westbrook can, right? Like if you really look at it, um, you know, the Bucks they primarily rely on the power game with Giannis and the Raptors actually do have a couple of players who can um, – you know, match up with a player like that. Uh, you know, you look at the Sixers again, that's a power game team. You know, there's Ben Simmons who is great in transition and you got, um, Joel Embiid who's great in the post, but you know, they don't really have that slashing kind of guard. Like Jimmy Butler can do a little bit of it, but he's not really the same, um, passer or even scorer the way that Westbrook is. Um, you know, and the same thing with the Pacers. Uh, I mean, it's, upsetting that they don't have Victor Oladipo because of that injury, that very unfortunate injury. But still, the Pacers don't really have that guy. The Pistons only had that guy in Ish Smith, and realistically, as much issue as Ish Smith gives the Raptors, he's not, you know, that big of a concern. Even the Brooklyn Nets, you know, they have D'Angelo Russell, who's been playing really well of late, but he's not a guy who gets to the rim too much, and he's not a guy who gets there for free throws. He's not a great passer either. He's just really a guy who scores. The Raptors can contain that. And the same thing goes for the Heat. They have Dragic, but, you know, he's not playing really at his best either. So it's really the Eastern Conference. They don't have to worry about this penetration issue. It's really just the Boston Celtics who have Kyrie Irving. Now, Kyrie played really poorly. I think he only had seven points in the Raptors' last meeting against Boston. But in the first three meetings, Kyrie was just great. He eviscerated the Raptors. And uh, there was one of those games where he had 12 assists where – that was in Boston where Kyrie was, you know, not only was he lethal down the stretch, but he was able to just consistently break the Raptors down and either kick it out to open shooters uh, or finish at the rim. And so, to be honest, it's it's an issue for the Raptors for sure. Every team has issues. The Raptors are actually pretty solid defensively. 
Um, they don't really have that many issues. They're great at switching. They're, you know, they have a bit of an issue with defensive rebounding, but to be honest, that's some of an effort thing, and I think the Raptors can sort of at least reasonably um, patch that up. It's really just this quick point guard thing that, that kills the Raptors a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I, I unless they play the Celtics, it's not too big of an issue. And even if they do play the Celtics, the Raptors match up nicely elsewhere. But back to this game, um, yeah, the Raptors did play pretty well, especially in the first half. You know, they had uh, a... 10-point uh, advantage at halftime. A lot of that was just the Raptors moved the ball really well. Um, you know, it's weird seeing the Raptors finish with only 20 assists, but seriously, the Raptors did a really good job of moving the ball in the first half, uh, playing in transition. The three-point shooting was really on point. Um, you know, Danny Green continues to have what has – if he keeps this up, he's shooting about 44.6% right now. If he keeps his current pace up, he will finish as the most efficient – uh, Raptors shooter uh, in terms of three-point shooting ever, right? He's going to have the best three-point shooting in Raptors history if he keeps us a percentage. Surprisingly, it's actually Mike James who's second uh, at about 44.3% for, you know, diehard Raptors fans. Mike James uh, basically did the Lou Williams thing, except in uh, 2006 for a really, really bad Raptors team. But he shot the three-ball really well. Danny Green is shooting the three-ball, though, incredible right now. I don't remember a Raptor as automatic as Danny Green has been this season. He's been great. He was great in the first half. Pascal Siakam was the best player on the floor in the first half. I mean, he was just going at the Thunder. He picked up right where he left off, right? He had, what, 33 against the Thunder on Wednesday. Comes right back uh, with 25 points today. Um, I think he at one point he had like 24 points on 11 shots. And, uh, you know, he did fade eventually, but Pascal just came out incredible. And even Kawhi Leonard, you know, he had an off game, and I'll talk about that in a second, but just... Even Kawhi had like 20 points in the fourth quarter, and he was really just kind of willing the Raptors over the finish line. But, um, you know, the Thunder, to their credit, they did do a much better job offensively in the second half. They were just on fire from deep uh, for most of the night, but especially in the third quarter where they shot 8 of 13 from the field. Schroeder just gave the Raptors huge fits in that third quarter, Um, you know, breaking down the defense, you know, kicking it out. Westbrook, same thing. Paul George, you know, did his thing. But to be honest, it was just the 8-13 of shooting and also Grant. I mean, the Raptors made a specific point to kind of leave Grant alone, right? You have to give some concessions. You're going to help off Adams in the middle of the floor, um, and you're probably going to help off Grant because, again, Westbrook is going to be a guy who's going to break down his man, and you're going to have to send help eventually. And Grant was that guy that was left open, and he made a ton of big shots for the Thunder. He finished with 19 points. Um. But, yeah, in the second half, the Thunder just – they played really good offense. And also, they played really good defense as well, just in terms of swarming the Raptors. The Raptors' offense went ice cold in the third quarter. They only had 22 points. A lot of that was just not necessarily bad shot making. They just couldn't get shots off. The Thunder are a really athletic team. They really just swarm you. And you saw it today. The Raptors committed 21 turnovers. It was a very uncharacteristic night. Part of that you can attribute to the fact that Kyle Lowry was in the game, and he obviously – brings a stability and organization to the game as a floor general, but still, you don't usually see the Raptors commit 21 turnovers. Um, and uh, I thought the Thunder did a really good job of adjusting to how Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam wanted to attack. They basically kind of zoned up on the Raptors, but then also made really good uh, rotations so that they were closing out and denying the three-point line, which, again, this speaks to their athleticism. You need a really athletic team to do that. You need a really switchable team to do that. The Raptors only got 25 three-point attempts off, even though Pascal saw plenty of double teams, Kawhi saw plenty of double teams. Those two guys, you know, they did a good job scoring individually, but th- their assists just 
you know, they combined for six assists, and they also had 15 turnovers. Pascal had seven. Kawhi Leonard had eight. A lot of them were kind of forcing their offense. And, you know, the Thunder, that, that kind of plays right into the Thunder's hands, right? Like, their advantage defensively is that they're super athletic, and once they cause turnovers, they are just a nightmare on the fast break. I mean, Russell Westbrook is as quick as anybody going end-to-end. Um, and then, you know, you got great finishers, you know, like George. Grant is really athletic. It's just – it was just an issue for the Raptors. But, uh, I mean, you know, it's not all negative, to be honest. The Raptors still got themselves back into the game after falling by, down by about double digits in the fourth quarter. Um, it was close enough that the referees, again, sort of played a role in this game. You got two dubious calls, uh, one where Russell Westbrook was allegedly pushed out of bounds while, you know, Pascal Siakam was sort of just pressuring the ball up the court. Um you know, Pascal obviously disagreed with the call on the replay. It didn't really show much contact, but Westbrook had basically been forced to the sideline and jumped out of bounds and forced the referee into making a call, and the referee called in the favor of Westbrook. Okay, and then there was another possession where a very short clock situation. I think it was a four-point game. Uh, the Thunder were inbounding, and Paul George, upon catching the ball, threw his arms up into Kawhi Leonard, and that turned into free throws as well. And, you know, Kawhi wasn't happy about that. But to be honest, you can't really complain too much about the whistle tonight. I mean, the Thunder only shot 14 free throws as a team. Um, and, you know, I, I don't really think you can expect anything less than that. The fact that they got, you know, um, two intentional free throws and also the, those two dubious calls at the end. I mean, they were operating on single-digit free throw attempts for a very large portion of the game. So you can't really point to the officiating too much in this one as much, you know, even as as compared to Wednesday. I mean, the, the Tony Brothers show on Wednesday was just hard to watch, genuinely hard to watch. But, um, yeah, it's really just defensively the Raptors have this one weakness, and the Thunder did a really good job of exploiting it. And also, and to be honest, if you're a Raptors fan, like, you can't even be that upset at this game, right? Because the Thunder had to hit 23s and have 30 assists, which is a very uncharacteristic number for the Thunder. And they're not a high assist team. And they're not a high three-point shooting team either. Um, but they had to have both those things happen to win a close game against the Raptors, right? And uh, part of that speaks to the Raptors' efficiency on offense, right? Which, outside of turning the ball over, which they turned the ball over a lot, and it was kind of frustrating to watch. But outside of turning the ball over, the Raptors executed pretty well. When they actually get a shot, they shot it really well. Shot 50% from the, f- the field. They shot 13 of 25 from deep. That's excellent. All right, You got Kawhi and Danny Green combining to shoot you know, 10 of 16. That's just a great number right there. And also, they were really efficient on the free throw line as well, 18 of 21. So, And, and, and it wasn't a case where you know they, they shored up their issues defensively in terms of getting um, you know defensive rebounds. The Thunder were able to capitalize and get extra shots, extra possessions that way on Wednesday. The Raptors did a good job of shutting that down. It was The Raptors you know only gave up 12 offense rebounds, and they had 11 of their own. So that, that's not even that bad. It was really just um, the turnovers. And, and part of the turnover speaks to the fact that without Kyle Lara on the floor, you know, you just don't have the same type of playmaking, right? And this is where, if there is a weakness in Kawhi's game, you know, obviously it's not defense. It, to be honest, it's not even scoring either. He's a very efficient scorer. He had 37 points today in 36 minutes on 12 of 23 shooting, hit 4 or 5 from deep and 9 of 10 from the free throw line. I don't know what else you want. But the one thing you might want is just sort of awareness in terms of just, you know, Kawhi is a very efficient score, but he's also somewhat um, predictable. 
And uh, I thought the Thunder did a really good job of anticipating where he was going to go and sending help and forcing him to tough situations where, you know, Kawhi would sometimes force his offense. And that's where a lot of his turnovers came from was just him trying to force his offense, trying to bump a guy out of the way. He will, honestly, under the rest, his first instinct will be to try to muscle past somebody and, you know, see if you can create an advantage and go up for the shot. But, you know, Kawhi's... He's a great player. He definitely is a great player. There's nothing to say about this. But if there is one weakness in this game, it really is just the playmaking, right? You look at it tonight. Four assists against eight turnovers. And for a guy who's taking 23 shots, taking 10 free throw attempts, and using all those possessions, like, you want more than four assists out of that, right? And it wasn't a night where the Raptors weren't shooting well. Like I said earlier, Raptors shot 13 to 25 from deep, right? If they moved the ball, they were getting a good shot, and they were hitting those open shots. But... Again, it just speaks to Kawhi's – the only weakness in Kawhi's game really is just that passing. And today the Thunder, you know, did a really good job of swarming him. Uh, Paul George obviously is a very tough defender. Uh, Paul George played Kawhi as good as anyone has played Kawhi this year. And Kawhi still had 37 points, right? That really speaks to how great of a player he is. But the playmaking is kind of an issue. It, it does kind of feel like, you know, it's all or nothing with Kawhi. If he's not scoring on a given possession – then the Raptors might just get nothing out of it. Whereas, you know, the rest of the team can sort of do a fluid thing and pass the ball around and move and cut and stuff. And it's not to say that, you know, one offense is better than the other, to be honest. Like, you're not, you're never going to complain about getting 37 points on, you know, 12 or 23 shooting and, you know, all the t- numbers I said earlier. But there is just something with Kawhi in which um, you wish that uh, he had this extra gear of, uh, you know, recognizing where the help is coming from, and then making quick decisions to beat um, the road, the extra defenders and things like that. Because if he could do that, if he could do that, I mean, he would be he would be back to top three, I would say, uh, in terms of just players in the NBA. Because as an individual scorer, he's phenomenal. He's so physical. I mean, there's lots of possessions where he was just bullying Paul George, bullying guys like Jerry and Grant. And those guys are... Very, very good defenders and very, very physical and, um, to be honest, imposing defenders as well. Very athletic dudes, very long. Um, but Kawhi is just he's, – he's so good in that isolation scenario. But when the Thunder did send help, it did give the Raptors issues. And ultimately, those turnovers kind of uh, – along with the you know the Thunder hitting 23s, that kind of killed the Raptors. So, you know, I wouldn't worry too much about this win. Uh, really, just tip your hat to the Thunder. Great shooting performance. Pretty good defensive energy. And, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, there's no shame to, in losing to the Thunder, especially after the Raptors beat them on Wednesday. So, in terms of your three stars, giving that first one to Kawhi Leonard, you know, <laughs> despite the fact that I just criticized him for the one flaw in his game, the man had 37 points. That's, that's really, really good. Second star, giving that to Pascal Siakam. 25 points, 9 of 14 shooting, 2 of 3 from deep, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, a block. One of them was on Russell Westbrook. Really impressive sequence. And then after getting that block, you know, uh, Siakam secures a loose ball, pushes up the floor, and finds Danny Green for a 3. Like, it was just a great sequence. Pascal was great. The only thing I would critique about Pascal, by the way, is where is Pascal when it comes to fourth quarter offense, right? Like, um, He's very assertive early in the game, for sure. Like, very, very aggressive. He's no qualms about going up against a guy, going into contact, throwing up a layup, anything like that. He's completely confident in that. There's no doubt about it. But, uh, yeah, in the fourth quarter, it's just, you know, he definitely wants to defer more to Kawhi. The whole team wants to defer more to Kawhi. And, again, Kawhi had 20 points in the fourth quarter, so there's no issues with that. 
But uh, I do would like to see Pascal attack with the same, you know, aggression in the fourth quarter, especially when games slow down, right? Um, there's no reason when the game slows down, the Pascal's will slow down because Pascal's effectiveness, a lot of that is him going at turbo speed and just getting the defense on their heels and going to the rim. It's like Russell Westbrook, right? Like Westbrook does so much damage by constantly, you know, making the defense backpedal and, and scoring. And Siakam has the same effect. And you don't see Pas- you don't see Russell Westbrook, you know, uh, taking his foot off the gas pedal in the fourth quarter. If if anything, it's actually a detriment that he goes so hard. But still, I would like to see Siakam maintain the same energy uh, in the fourth quarter. And I felt like, you know, as the game went on today, Siakam sort of faded as a threat, which is disappointing, right? Because Siakam should maintain himself as a threat. Because uh, to be honest, I don't really see many defenders in the NBA who can guard him one-on-one. Siakam has gone that good. So um, Siakam gets the second star. And then the third star, get that to Danny Green. 19 points, 6 of 11 shooting from 3, um, 7 rebounds as well. Decent defense. Um, you know, his lateral quickness isn't necessarily there, but uh, the three-point shooting is is just... I mean, I don't remember a player being this automatic. Uh, like, just any Raptor in NBA history being this, this automatic. It, it's crazy. Like, anytime he gets an open look... Or even, you know, when he creates an open look by, you know, faking the defender and getting the fly by because he has such a good uh, shot fake. It looks like he's definitely going up, except it's only his arms and upper body moving. He really keeps his base steady. Um, Like, he's so good and so automatic on open threes. It's it's honestly, I don't remember another Raptor player where I was like, I trusted this player if they got a reasonably open shot to consistently hit that open shot. Danny Green is, is that guy for the Raptors, so... Uh, and then in terms of the Gerald Henderson Award, I'm going to give that to Jerry and Grant. But really, really, Dennis Schroeder has a great case for it as well. The reason I'm not giving it to Schroeder, though, is because, you know, some of Schroeder's offense was just him playing great offense and uh, him going against the Raptors bench. And the Raptors bench just continues to be awful. Like, just, you look at the list, right? Norman Powell, minus 12. Serge Ibaka, minus 14. Not Serge's fault. Serge actually played fine. Jeremy Lin, minus 12. I mean, it, it's just, it's unfortunate. But... Jerry and Grant, that's the thing, right? Like, you give Jeremy Grant all these open threes by design. And then if he hits them, that swings the whole game. And today he hit them and, you know, like, it swung the game. So he gets the Gerald Henderson Award. Uh, And, uh, yeah, I think that does it for the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, subscribe to the Raptors Over Everything podcast feed. It is now live on most places where you'll find podcasts. And for all the other places that's not on there, I passed a list on. We're going to get them on all the platforms you want. Again, especially with the show in its infancy, it's very important if you do like the show to please support it by rating, reviewing, and subscribing, especially in the iTunes store. That that really, it's it's just such a huge help. It helps surface the podcast and things like that. It helps it grow and establish itself, especially now that it's it's a new show. We already got great response in the first week, but uh, you know I want to keep this momentum going. So thanks, for everyone, for listening. Again, subscribe to the Raptors Over Everything podcast, and I'll be back on Sunday to recap the Hornets game. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.